0: Hello tribe and welcome to another episode of the Faye Jones Life Podcast, a thought-provoking show where we talk about psychology, spirituality, and connect the two for a more meaningful life. I'm your host, Faye Jones, and I'm so glad you're here today for this powerful conversation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the fascinating link between psychology and spirituality. Psychology, as you may know, is the study of the human mind and behavior, and we're going to see how both of these together give us a deeper connection with the divine, which is God, and our inner selves. We'll pay close attention to what the Bible, which I believe is the most important book ever written, has to say about the heart. i'm going to give you a little revelation of what the bible means when it says the heart so together we're going to look at different bible passages that use the word heart i am going to help you see the importance of understanding psychology in your spiritual journey which will help you become more self-aware and more mentally tough and by understanding these strong connections of your mind and your spiritual growth, we're going to open you to new levels in your faith and in your relationships with others. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the episode. Let's talk about the connection between psychology and spirituality. See, psychology, as kind of defined in the introduction, is the study of the mind and human behavior. The entire role of the world of psychology is to understand how our mind processes information and that information can be events, conversations, things we see, things we hear, things we smell, all those things, how it affects our emotions and the way we think and go about in life. This is important because what our mind processes affects our ability to connect with God and with other human beings. So they interplay with one another. And, and this is, can't stress this enough. And you might be wondering, Faye, why are you talking about this topic? Why all of a sudden? And listen. I'm not throwing shades at anyone, because I understand the role that every person plays in our lives, and I understand the roles of our spiritual leaders. I am a spiritual leader myself, and I have people that I mentor. So I understand where 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 it comes from when some of our spiritual leaders, you know, say that we're focusing too much on psychology and too little on, on spiritual things. I want to instill in you that that is a rather ignorant statement, because in order to focus on spiritual growth and spirituality, we have to focus on psychology. Now, the difference is there is a worldly focus of psychology, which puts human at the center of everything. And then there is kingdom-based psychology, where we understand that a healthy mind is grounded in kingdom principles, in God. And so I want to differentiate that, because this is important, and this is the thing that we're missing as the body of Christ how many of you and and bear with me if if you're not a believer okay if you don't believe in god i still believe you will get something out of this so bear with me and listen to the full episode don't walk away it is important that we we understand this and as the body of christ we, we connect this because this is the disconnect that that has made us so irrelevant in society And it is also the thing that is causing the issues to why people are still walking powerless and with no deliverance. And this very thing is the core values of the church. Church without power or deliverance cannot be effective. And those who are not believers look at Christianity as a joke because the people in the body of Christ sometimes are more messed up than the people in the world. So why would the people of the world want what we say is the ultimate way of living when we're walking around broken and manifesting some serious mental health and you know mental illness issues because let's face it, there's people in the body of Christ who act like they're deranged because they are. So, based on all of this, I think it's safe to say we have to get a hold of it, we have to get a hold of why we're doing what we're doing, and this is what I want you to believe. I know for those of you who are. In, in in the word, in the Bible, you've heard renewal of the mind, renewal of the mind, renewal of the mind. And you've probably read uh, some of the Bible verses that I'm going to share with you. But this is the big revelation that I want you So last year, I was conducting a Bible study with a group of ladies where we did an intensive verse-by-verse dive into the book of Proverbs. And the one thing that was mind-blowing to us, because in this verse-by-verse, we dissected every single word we thought we knew, and we looked it up in the Hebrew, get the true meaning of that word. And we discovered something that both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the word heart does not refer to The muscle in our chest that pumps blood. The word heart translates very literally to the word mind. So now that you have this understanding, I'm going to read to you certain scriptures as they are. And then we're going to interchange the word heart for the word mind so that you can see how it takes a different meaning. We'll start with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which says, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Okay? Now, look at this. Guard your mind for everything you do flows from it. Mind. That makes more sense. Look at this. Matthew 15, 18-19 But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Now let's interchange that word heart for mind. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the mind and these defiled them for out of our mind comes evil thoughts murder adultery sexual immorality theft false testimony and slander now that we understand that the word heart means mind we can understand a little bit better What the Apostle Paul was saying in Romans 12, 2, when he says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In my God, this, I'm going to tell you, in my early years of Christianity, I came to the Lord when I was 16 years old. Uh, I grew up in the church, but I really didn't have a real encounter with the Lord until I was 16 years old. and what can i say In my early years of christianity like from age 16 to about 21 or so it was a time where god was taking me to the process of purging me of immorality and all the things that 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 were part of my worldly life and what he rescued me and Well-meaning believers, but ill-equipped, would always throw that verse, guard your heart, guard your heart for everything flows from it. But here's the thing, I, I am weaponizing you against the attack of the enemy as a believer because the purpose of this podcast is to equip you with understanding so that you know how to activate the word of god not just the written word but the spoken word into your life so that you can have results in every area of your life and you can start to experience what kingdom really is and what it means so we will say guard your heart guard your heart guard your heart and no matter how many times i read that scripture couldn't connect it I couldn't understand it but it wasn't until in my own personal study time I came to that revelation that the word heart meant mind so how do we guard our mind well it's actually very simple actually more simple than we give ourselves credit for you see, we have certain senses that feed information to our mind. And that is our ears and our eyes. Those are the gates to the mind. Ears and the eyes. So what we listen to or who we listen to, what we read, what we watch on TV, all of those things are creating a programming in our mind if you are constantly exposed to shows and you're reading book and other content listening to people and watching people that all they talk about is sex 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 sex, wherever you go And where they're showing you very graphic images of sexual intercourse taking place in front of our eyes. It is safe to say that after a while, your mind is going to not only grab a hold of that, but you're going to physiologically experience the change because your libido is going to increase your sexual appetite will increase and now all of a sudden you're having this need for sex that you didn't have before and if you're not careful with it this if you're not married this could lead to sex outside of marriage and if you continue to consume this content and you are married, and your spouse's libido is not at the same level as yours, it can lead to pornography, or it can even lead to extramarital affair, which is, in the Bible, we, let's call it what it is, adultery. Another thing that can happen is, in some very severe cases, the continuous exposure of that can desensitize the person who's exposed to that kind of content consistently Mm -hmm. to such an extent that they no longer see people as human beings that have boundaries and deserve respect. And this thing turns to transform the person into a sex addict and into objectifying humans and seeing them simply as an object to meet their, their satisfaction. I'm, I'm explaining to you the process that the mind goes through when we're exposed to the wrong things. And this is how sexual predators are birthed. Because the addiction becomes so much because that's all they're watching, that's all they're listening to, that's all they're exposing themselves to. So they're so they at some point they become so consumed by it that it leads to that. And we're not saying that everybody it's going to lead to that. In some instances, that's exactly the road that it takes. So we have to guard what we expose ourselves to. because another example would be, news people who are constantly watching the news and you may say well I just watch the news because I like to be aware of what's going on and I'm not saying don't watch the news I think it is irresponsible to not pay attention to what's going on in our world however when we pay too much attention to what's going on in our world to the point that we we become consumed by it we start to see That we change into a more pessimistic outlook on life, on people, and situations. And depending on whether you are fully tuned into conservative or liberal media, this can also create biases towards people that have a different belief or view from yours to the point where you start to see that person as your enemy. And now we're creating this political and, frankly, how we're seeing here in the United States, not just political, but even racial divides And how we are singling out groups of people and and we're labeling them as unworthy based on what side of, of the camp they're on. When in reality there might be only a very small percentage of people who are so far on each end of the spectrum that you could say, like, you know, you you are, you got issues, man, you're way off. The majority of people actually are more centrist than we realize. But because the media, the news, is only portraying the voice of a very small amount of the population, we tend to think that the voice of that tiny little group of people who are making all the noise is is the voice that represents everybody in the nation. So what does it mean to not be conformed by the patterns of this world and be transformed by the renewal of the mind? Well, this requires some critical thinking. Because we have to stop and we have to evaluate the information that's being presented in front of us to see whether that information is truth. And and that means we don't just take into consideration the source where the information is coming from. But we also need to take into consideration the content. What was the process that was done to reach that conclusion? Was there any research? Is there any compelling evidence other than hearsay she said they said like do you have any solid proof that can show that you see in a lot of the times we're we're taking news and information because oh somebody heard this from a secret source or an insider source where i'm like who is this insider source How close are they to that person? And what is the position that they hold that will give them access to that information? Because an insider role could be a janitor who's cleaning the hallway and overheard a conversation through the door. And that's not necessarily going to be an accurate depiction because if you're listening through the door, you may not be hearing every single word that the person is saying do you see what i mean i hope this gives you some food for thought so that is how 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 we renew our mind another process of how we renew our mind and and how the mind takes us into a level of spiritual growth and transformation is We have to develop mindfulness, and I'm not talking about mindfulness in in the sense of how the metaphysical world talks about it. I'm talking mindfulness in a very literal sense, which means you are self-aware and you're present in the moment. So, because a lot of the times what happens is we allow our mind to run rampant and we're not even paying attention to the thought patterns. And what's going on in our head. So we can spend half an hour or an hour bombarding ourselves with all kinds of negative thoughts and, and 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 a and a self-talk that is toxic about a situation or a person or ourselves even. And then we wonder why we can't hear God. Then we wonder why we're we're depressed, why we're stressed. You gotta become aware of your thoughts. And for that, you have to be present in the moment. You can't go in daydreaming all day and being absent-minded. So you have to purposely, okay, what am I thinking? What am I saying to myself when I'm, you know, when somebody says something or does something that you may not like? Is your mind immediately going to all oh, that person hates me, blah blah blah? You know, I'm so stupid. That's why I can never get anything right. It serves me right. I don't deserve any good thing. And you let yourself go like that for half an hour. And then you wonder why you're moody, why you're depressed, why it's difficult for you to connect with people, why people don't want to be around you. It that that self-talk that you give yourself literally changed. Your your energy, and for those of you who are like, oh no, she's talking metaphysical, understand everything on this earth is energy. There's everything releases an electrical impulse and everything emits a signal of some sort and a frequency. That's what energies is. And so, the Holy Spirit has a frequency. The kingdom of heaven and the throne room of God has a frequency. The devil also has a frequency. When we're bombarding ourselves with negativity, we're tapping into the lowest level of energy, which is the energy in which the enemy of our souls, the devil, operates in we're tapping into his signal and the way best way I can explain it is the radio. You don't see it but you know it's there and if you tune into the right frequency you get the radio station you want and the audio will sound clear. This may be a little old school you know some of you millennials and Gen Z may not understand this concept because this is not how radio works now but back in my days radios had little dial knobs that you turn to dial into the radio station. And so even if you were just millimeter off from the right spot where that station would play, you'd get static and the words would be distorted. And this is how it is in the spiritual world. There's a frequency and in order to tap into the frequency of God, the frequency of the Holy Spirit, the frequency of the to- throne room, you need to be dialed in just right. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, we're holding every thought captive. That's where mindfulness and self-awareness comes in. We are aware of what's going on in our mind, what our thoughts are saying, what is the voice exalting in our heads. Because a lot of the times, self-talk and the things that are going on in our heads are arguments and pretensions setting themselves up against the knowledge of God. That is why it's so important. The Bible talks about the helmet in the armor of God. That helmet protects you from the fiery darts of the enemy. That is what protects you from the fiery darts of the enemy. And that helmet of... What is that helmet? It's the helmet of salvation. Which is Christ. So the fact that we are in Christ, that is the protection for our mind. But how do we activate that protection of Christ into our minds? Oh, see, because now we're getting into a whole other, even deeper conversation. How do we actually activate that? Well, Philippians four, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up right now. Because I want to read this to you, uh, so that you can understand what it means. Because, you know, the Bible gave us a formula for for being able to withstand and stay in Christ. Look at this. Look at this. And all right, we're. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Bible. And look at what it says. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And, and the reason I'm using the Amplified Bible is because it gives you the definitions of those words from the Hebrew or the Greek and through the English in in brackets so i'm going to even read those brackets so we can expand on the knowledge of what it means starting in verse 4 rejoice in the lord always delight take pleasure in him god again i say rejoice let your gentle spirit your graciousness unselfishness mercy tolerance and patience be known To all people, the Lord is near. And then look at what it says in verse 6. Because the first thing it tells us is when we're in Christ, we're going to rejoice in him. And what does it say we're going to do also? We're going to walk around with a gentle spirit. Which means we're going to activate graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience. Tolerance doesn't mean tolerate evil, but tolerance means we are going to give people the space they need to go through their process, grow, and mature. And then, so what happens, Faye, when we're going through difficult situations or a rejection or or going through a really hard time, and now all of a sudden, you know, the negative thoughts are, are, are coming in. The fear, the anxiety, the negative self-talk, the, the, the beating ourselves up, all that. Look at what it says in verse 6. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, understand, everything means everything in here. It doesn't matter what the situation is. So, whether it's bad news. Whether it's something about your health, whether it's somebody rejected you, whether it's somebody talked bad about you. It doesn't matter what it is. This is every circumstance. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. So here's something really powerful. Because the Bible says you receive because you ask not or you receive because you pr- you don't receive because you pray amiss which means we we pray wrongly some of you are not even receiving the answer to your prayers and the deliverance that you need because your prayer is god punish this person for what they did to me god punish this other person for what they said god bring judgment because the world is messed up God, look at my wife, look at my husband, change them. That ain't right. And then we proceed to go to God with our list of complaints, mumbles and grumbles. And we go to God to vent. Our communication with the Father is not for venting. And this is where we become mindful and aware of the thoughts and beliefs that are shaping our actions and attitudes. You see, we we haven't defined clearly what's the purpose of prayer and what it means because we, the church, haven't understood the basics of psychology. And the Bible is teaching us psychology and is actually teaching us not only the psychology of how our mind works but how the mind of god works and the mind of god is telling me right here that if we want to communicate with him and have him hear our prayers and if we want to dwell in the peace that surpasses all understanding and i'm going to read to you that in verse seven it tells us we first have to do Well, it starts with verse 4, which says we mean we have to rejoice, which means we have to delight and take pleasure in Christ. Then it says we have to walk with a gentle spirit, which means we have to have graciousness and unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience with ourselves as well as with others. And then it says when trouble arises, we are not to be worried or anxious about anything, but In every circumstances, we're going to take prayer. Prayer is not the act of venting, whining, grumbling, complaining, and deploying witchcraft over people. Prayer is the act of making a very specific request known to God. What do you need God to do in your life? God's not going to weaponize your prayers to harm somebody else and answer them for a simple reason. God died for that person that you're wanting him to strike dead, that you want punished. God died for that person too. That's why he's telling us, extend mercy and be unselfish. So if your prayers are God punish a person. God, you know, do me justice because they did me wrong. You're not being merciful. You're not being graceful. You're being selfish. Because you want what you want to satisfy your ego. You're not praying according to the mind of Christ. And you see, the mind of God, the mind of Christ, is merciful. It's forgiven. It has compassion. So, prayer... Is to make a request from God that aligns fully with our thoughts. With his heart, I mean. With his thoughts. So when we pray, we're, we're asking God for the insight. Of God, what is your mind? What is your heart in this situation? So that I can ask that thing that is your heart for this situation for me so it can activate in my life so that i can embody and demonstrate and be evident to all people that you dwell in me and that i delight in you god desires you to be free god desires you to be whole and to be healthy so when you ask for healing god wants nothing more then to give access to you to that because that is the children's bread that right there was already guaranteed when jesus christ died and resurrected by his stripes we are healed including mentally healed so asking for healing is not the question we need to be asking is As god what is it that is separating me from having my daily bread of healing And for a lot of people, what separates us, the daily bread of healing, is not even demonic possession or oppression. It is bad thinking, walking around not being self-aware of our thoughts and how they're being processed in the present time. So, because we're constantly in a negative state of mind and mumbling and grumbling and complaining, we are making our own bones sick, dry, and brittle. A merry heart is medicine to your bones and it will make them vibrate with health. The Bible says that. Now, look at what it says here. Because we're going to go into verse 7. Look what it says. And the peace of God The peace which reassures the heart, oh, let's switch that again. The peace which reassures the mind, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your heart, again, that peace which stands guard over your mind in Christ Jesus. You see because one thing is the Bible defines our our heart our mind and our hearts because there's another definition of, of that word mind and heart. and it is our core being, our existence, everything about us. So understand that. When the Bible talks about heart and mind, it's saying your head, where your thoughts are, that's where everything begins. And in and, and your heart is your entire being. Your entire being is controlled by your thoughts. And that happens in the mind. And look at what it says here. Finally, believers... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect. We're in verse eight now. Whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things center your mind on them and implant them in your oh heart again in other words in your mind in your entire being implant them in your entire being in your entire mind in your thoughts The things which you have learned and received and heard, oh, wait a minute, the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life, and the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Mm. So here, the Apostle Paul is telling us very clearly that our thoughts and what we choose to listen to, what we choose to, to watch and see and read, what we choose to allow through our gates, the eyes and ears affect what we think about and so he's saying that we have to be very specific in what we choose to think about so that we are not polluting ourselves with things that will move us away from his peace yeah and you're like Faye but I'm a little confused because in verse 7 it mentions the word hearts and thoughts I mean, hearts and mind. You know what that word hearts translates to in verse 7? Where it says, He shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. That word heart is the Greek word kardia. Which is figurative for the mind, the thoughts and the feelings. And that word mind means your mind your intellect your thoughts so it is saying when you focus on everything good everything noble everything that's praiseworthy everything wholesome every good report every virtue everything that's worthy of praise what he's saying is god keeps your thoughts your emotions your feelings He will guard them and keep them in complete peace. In other words, you will be in well-being. If this is not psychology, then I don't know what is. I hope I have given you a very insightful and thought-provoking chat on the role of psychology and spirituality. I hope that you're able to grasp this because we can't separate the two. We need to bring restoration to psychology into what God made it to be because psychology is the study of the mind and science is the study of God's creation. So psychology is studying how God created the mind to function and we know that what we input into it through our eyes and ears affects how it functions so the first thing we have to do is change what we input into it because that's going to affect what goes in there and we also have to change our internal dialogue and don't worry you're like okay well Faye how do I do that I don't want to make this podcast five hours long we're going to have other podcasts And I'm actually working on a course right now that will be available soon that's going to help you really hone in on that. And it's not just going to be a little one-hour course where you just hear somebody talk and that's it. No, it is going to be intensive. There's going to be multiple modules where you're going to be able to dive into that one thing. It's going to have quizzes and it's even going to have journal entries and other exercises for you to deploy because i want us as the body of christ to be whole if you've read the words you know that what season we're in right now what's getting ready to take on in the world there's going to be a lot of heartache a lot of trauma we need to be whole. We need to be strong. We need to be healed so that we can be light in the middle of darkness so that we can give people hope. But if we're hopeless and broken ourselves, there's no way we can give hope to another. So we have to become whole and that means we must renew our mind. So these podcasts, the self-paced coaching courses, as well as other things that I'm going to be making available to you. Are all tools that are going to help you walk in well being in wholeness. Because here's another thing, and before I close, because I you know I have a few more scriptures that I want to share with you on here. Because we saw in Philippians chapter four, where it was talking about we need to act walk in in mercy. Well, Philippians chapter 2, which obviously comes before chapter 4, breaks that down to us even further in verse 3 and 4. Which says, Do do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking into your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. So, we We broke it down already that you know we have to manage our negative thoughts and emotions, and then now the word's telling us we also have to foster empathy and compassion towards human beings and now it's telling us also to cultivate mental resilience. How does the Bible tell us to cultivate mental resilience? James chapter one, verse two to four. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That perseverance finishes work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, a lot of times we want to escape troubles. But escaping trouble, escaping hard times, avoiding troubles or hard times, keeps us immature. Because it is through experiences that we build resiliency and strength. Strength is developed under pressure. If you're always curling a five pound weight, you will never become stronger. in those muscles to handle more load and more weight come when you increase it from five pounds to 10 pounds, from 10 pounds to 12 pounds, from 12 pounds to 15 pounds, from 15 pounds to 18 pounds, from 18 pounds, from 18 pounds to 20 pounds, and so forth, until... All of a sudden, you went from only being able to lift fifteen, you know, 5 pounds to being able to lift 100 pounds. It's a progression. The trials, the troubles, the situations we face, the tests that we face in life, they're those weights that make us stronger. So if you are constantly wanting to be in this little safe bubble where you don't experience anything in life, and you never go through situations, you're gonna, you won't mature and you will be lacking. So, again, I want to recap what we talked about. We talked about how psychology is the study of the human mind, behaviors, and emotions, or understanding how it works. We talked about how it is impossible to separate spirituality from psychology because the bible tells us that the word heart means our mind our thoughts and our emotions and it tells us very specifically to guard our minds because all of the issues of life flow from it and we have an active role we we talked about how the mind is crucial to spiritual growth and transformation and we accomplish that by being self-aware present or mindful in our spiritual journey which means we're aware of every moment we have to recognize that our thoughts shape our beliefs and our beliefs shape our actions and our attitudes and that in order to live a good life, to be well-being, and to have spiritual growth, we need to cultivate positive mental habits. And that is where we went into how we apply psychology principles into our everyday lives in order to develop that mindfulness, that good thought patterns that leads to good actions and attitudes, and to have positive mental habits that support spiritual growth. And we talked about That one of those is managing negative thoughts and emotions from a biblical perspective. And that is where we brought in 2 Corinthians 10.5, which talks about demolishing every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. We talked about fostering empathy and compassion through understanding the human mind. And that means... We practice Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4, which says, "Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit; rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each other to its own interests of others." And and we covered that also when we were when we read all of Philippians 4. So you know, you could replay that part. We talk about how we 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 foster that empathy and compassion in how we pray and how we ask we approach God in prayer and how we ask God to posture our hearts and our prayers. And then we we coast it off with we cultivate mental resilience and perseverance in the face of those challenges. And what that means is we activate James one verse two to four, which means in the middle of the trials, in the middle of the testing, we consider it joy because this thing that's putting us to stress, where now we're no longer lifting that, curling that five pound dumbbell, and now we're fifteen pounds, twenty pounds, and our muscles are are, are straining. Our, our spiritual muscles, our emotional muscles, our mental muscles are straining that is producing in us trust which is what the word faith means it is building trust and that trust in God that he's got us that he is going to allow this to strengthen us is going to produce in us perseverance and that perseverance finishes the work in us that leads us to becoming more mature and complete in Christ, lacking nothing. So I encourage you, if you found this podcast helpful, the first thing I want to encourage you is listen to it multiple times. Listen to it every single day for the rest of this week. Listen to this podcast. Share it with somebody who you think, will be blessed by this podcast the other thing i'm going to ask for you to do is go to spotify and find faye jones live and at faye jones live on spotify you will be able to subscribe to this podcast you will find other things that you can interact with me in there You'll be, I'll be posting questions about this podcast that you'll be able to answer. You'll be able to send me messages on audio with other questions or comments that you have about this particular podcast. And who knows, you might even be featured on our next podcast as I'm responding to your questions. So let's keep that interaction going. And also, if you are tuning into this podcast in our blog Join the conversation. Give me comments in the comment section of this uh, blog post so that you can learn what are you getting from this. So with that said, I want to say thank you for joining our podcast. And for this and other resources, you're more than welcome to visit FayJonesLive.com. God bless and have a wonderful day.